welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 251. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. We are screaming through November. You know, pumpkin season has flown by. We're into, uh, what, apple cider and uh, uh, the slaughter of turkeys season uh, or hams. You know, the wild hams roaming, roaming the meadow. You can go out and club them if you like. You know, whatever your preference is. You know, it's all good. If you want to, you know, hunt down some tofu in their natural habitats, uh, I'm not going to judge you. So, go for it. Given the way my life works, I typically record these episodes a, a week or so before you're hearing them. So, this is the first recording that I've done since, uh, since, the, uh, since the media at least called the U.S. presidential election. Of course, it's not official yet, and, and President, President for now, Trump, has vowed to fight the election in every means possible, I, I guess. But for probably all intents and purposes, the election's over. Joe Biden is the new president-elect. Kamala Harris is the president, uh, the vice president-elect. Much of the world has sort of uh, let out its breath. <sighs> At least that part's over. And now we can move on to the next fight. So I don't know how you individuals listening to this episode feel about that. But I think we can all agree, at least, we're done watching those stupid political commercials on TV, at least for a while. So uh, we can all appreciate that, perhaps with uh, some spiked apple cider. All right. Uh, Looking at my sheet here, I don't really have any news, other news, to report. Because, of course, there's absolutely nothing going on in the world now that the presidential election's over. Uh, We're all just kind of sitting around thinking, man, what are we going to do now? As I was putting this episode together, I read the news that Alex Trebek passed away at age 80 from cancer, Um, not unexpected of course unfortunately uh he'd been suffering with the disease for a while uh very publicly and with a lot of grace and determination but also understanding how the story was going to end like a lot of us jeopardy the tv show probably seems like a thing that's been around forever and would always be around i suppose it will continue in some form but it won't be the same of course without alex trebek yeah, it's been a fixture for decades, not a thing I always paid attention to, but in the back of my mind was always comforted by the idea that uh, I lived in a world with Alex Trebek at the helm of Jeopardy, and now he's gone, um, and it's just another little bit of um, little bit of nostalgia fading away, uh, a little bit of my past fading away uh, in, in a small measure, um, and it's hard not to uh, stop for a minute and Notice that. So, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Thank you for all you did. So, I think we'll get on to this week's game. This week's game is Taz from Atari 1983. Now, it is very important that you not confuse the name Taz with Yaz, which is, of course, 
you all know, uh, one of the companions of the 13th Doctor uh, on Doctor Who, uh, along with Graham and Ryan. New uh, series 13 should be coming sometime in 2021. So look for that. As you know, I may have mentioned it once or twice. Uh, I'm kind of a Doctor Who fan. If I had more time in my life, perhaps I'd be doing a Doctor Who podcast. But uh, I don't, so I'm not. Uh, And as a result, uh, you guys get subjected to my occasional comments about the show. So there you go. Taz, this week's game, should not be confused with Yaz, the Doctor Who companion. It is also extremely important that you not confuse the game title with Yaz, the birth control device. Because that's a whole other thing entirely. Oh, uh, you folks listening to the show with your kids, have fun now explaining birth control. You're welcome. All right, let's get on to talking about how to play this game. Taz, of course, stars the Tasmanian Devil. He is a Looney Tunes cartoon character, basically an eating machine. Uh, He just talks in gibberish, spins really fast and eats whatever he can find. He is, I guess, supposed to be a foil of Bugs Bunny, although not really. He's just more of a self-destructive layer of waste. I don't know where that phrase came from, but uh, he just destroys everything in his path with no particular evil intent. He's just sort of, uh, dude's hungry. You know, I can relate. So it's a game you know we've done on the show now. This might be our last Looney Tunes-themed Atari game. I'm not sure. We did Bugs Bunny. We did Roadrunner. We did, uh, now we're doing Taz. I feel like I'm forgetting one. What else? All right, this is bugging me. I guess that might be it. Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, and now Taz. I don't think there are any other Looney Tunes-themed Atari games. If there are, though, uh, please let me know. Because so far, overall, I've liked the ones we've done. And I like this one, too. This might be my favorite. Uh, Not to spoil anything for later in the episode, this might be my favorite of the three Looney Tunes games that I've done. Um, I like things about all of them. Bugs Bunny felt a little unfinished, although it looked really good. It felt a little unfinished. Roadrunner, it's been quite a while since I played that one, but I seem to remember liking that one quite a bit. This one, though, of the three is my favorite. So, uh, but first, let's get into how you play it. You are Taz, the ravenous Tasmanian devil who whirls like a tornado and eats everything in sight. Hamburgers, root beer, ice cream, you are jazzed. Boy, it's important to read that word correctly. By such junk. But look out, sometimes your feeding is so frenzied that, you're ex- that you accidentally swallow dynamite. Pow, what a bellyache. Your objective, glut. I'm not sure glut is a verb, but alright. Glut on every edible item that comes your way to achieve the fattest score possible while you stay alive as long as possible. Which really is the goal in life, right? To eat what you want without killing yourself. Turn the console power switch off before yeah 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 before inserting the cartridge. It's the standard instructions about how don't be stupid and turn the thing on and then put the cartridge in. But they they reworded it a little bit. Just caught my eye. This will protect the electronic components and prolong the life of your Atari 2600. I don't. Know, it just feels like the wording is different there. Uh, using the left hand controller jack uh, with joystick. You can plug a joystick into the right controller if you have a friend, and if you don't, you know what. You know what? Ju- no judging here. Because uh, you can play two-player games. Although I th- I didn't try that because I have no friends. But I assume it's like, you know, alternating, taking turns. Press the fire button on your joystick controller to start the game. Use the joystick to move up, down, and sideways on the long tables. Okay, so what you're looking at on the screen are not like little alleyways necessarily. They're supposed to be tables, I guess. If that's the case, then the game, although it looks really good, the little icons 
uh, little sprites look really good. It does kind of fall down there. If those are supposed to be tables, I'm not getting a table vibe, but that's all right. Use joystick. Okay, we said that. To eat an item, simply cover it with the Taz. Tornado. I think I mentioned the field report. I'm a little disappointed because other than the title screen that comes up at the beginning of the game, you don't actually see the Tasmanian Devil. You just see the, uh, the tornado, the whirlwind, which is a little disappointing to me anyway. Press game select, select one or two players. The numeral one appears in the lower left corner of the screen. Uh, it indicated one player game because that's how numbers work. And the numeral two appears at lower left indicated two player game. Press game reset to stop a game in progress and return to the Taz screen. Set the TV type switch. Kids go ask your parents. To color to play the game on a color set. Set it to black and white to play on a black and white television. The difficulty switches have no function in Taz. Taz is an eating contest composed of three unbalanced meals. Each meal consists of eight courses. After you eat 50 items of one course, the next course is served. As you progress through the courses, the food moves faster and arrives more frequently. When you finish all eight courses of one meal, you immediately start the next. In each of the three meals, the same food is served in the same sequence. You start with hamburgers and end with sundaes. If you devour all three meals, you are rewarded with the surprise dessert. And now here we come to the greatest phrase ever in an Atari manual. I don't care who the publisher was. Could be Atari, could be Activision, could be M Network. I, I don't care who it is. No one has ever used this phrase in an Atari manual before, and I love it. Here we go. So, I said, if you devour all three meals, you're rewarded with a surprise dessert. Get ready. What could it be? A stomach pump? That's right. The phrase stomach pump appears in an Atari manual and is the best thing ever. I really, really want a home brewer now to make a game for the 2600 called Stomach Pump. I don't own a whole lot of home brews at this point. I hope to get more. I've enjoyed the ones that I have, but I would certainly uh, be open to the idea of a homebrew called Stomach Pump. Uh, so you programmers go work on that. You start the game with three lives. Each time you swallow dynamite, you lose a life, which I think makes sense. Kids, do not swallow dynamite. Uh, all your parents have to explain birth control to your kids. You can explain to them why that's a bad thing. The game ends when you lose your last life. You win bonus lives at 10,000 points, 30,000, 50,000, 80,000, 110,000, 150,000, and every 40,000 points thereafter. The maximum number of lives that can be displayed on screen at once is 4. The maximum number of lives you can have is 8. Well, that's clearly not a Doctor Who thing, am I right? Because, of course, we know that the Doctor has 12 regenerations, unless he has more. I'll be vague about that, because I don't want to spoil any major plot points for all you novice Doctor Who fans, who I'm sure I've converted with all my talk about Doctor Who. <sighs> this has been my What If I Had a Doctor Who podcast moment. All right. After you finish the fudgesicle course in the first meal, the game pauses and the... By the way, all the best restaurants have a fudgesicle course. Uh, after you finish that, the game pauses and the words crazed wave appear on screen. Um, I'll just tell you right here, I didn't get that far in a little bit that I played this morning. Uh, this feels like a game I'll play more, so maybe I'll get there eventually. But this apparently is what happened. A happens after the fudgesicle course. Crazed wave appears on the screen. This is a warning that from here on, the game gets crazier because the food is served faster and faster. You can score a total of 999,999 points before the score rolls over. If anyone out there has done that, let me know so that I can feel bad about myself. 
Point values range anywhere from 50 points for a hamburger all the way up to 500 points for a sundae or the surprise food choice. If anyone knows what the uh, food course, if anyone knows what that surprise food item is, see, I'm torn. I kind of want to know because uh, honestly, as much as I like this game, I doubt that I'll play it enough to get to that point. So I'm kind of curious, but I also don't want to know, you know, but if anyone out there happens to know what it is, uh, go ahead and let me know because the suspense, it's killing me, man. All right. Dynamite tips. Don't stay near the edge of the screen. This is where an item first appears, and you won't have time to see if it's food or dynamite. When dynamite comes between you and food, wait until the path is clear to move up or down the screen. Remember that you can wait in a single path as long as you like. You won't be penalized, and it may give you more time to plan your strategy. That sounds like an instruction that they give you just to make you feel better about yourself, but it turns out it's actually true. Even on the beginner level, which is where I spent my time, just to kind of get an idea you know, how this game works, and, and for the field report, it's easier. If the game moves a little slower, it's easier to talk to you people while I'm playing. But even at the beginner level, there's a lot of dynamite. It is a tricky level. I'm kind of impressed. I did play the expert level at first, just because I didn't realize my difficulty settings were, were set on expert, and it was hard. Part of it was the first time I was playing the game, but it was really hard. And beginner wasn't much better, so... You know, kudos for that, for making a game that could be just a softball, you know, walk in the park, and actually giving it some uh, some challenge. I, you know, hats off to you, Atari. And that is how you play Taz from Atari. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. So the internet tells us that the game was... Developed and released by Atari in 83 for the 2600. Released outside the United States States as Asterix with the character Asterix instead of Taz. If anyone's played that version, let me know. It was designed by Steve Wolta. And I think somewhere I read that this might have been the first game that they released that they actually, you know, said from the beginning who the publisher, or excuse me, who the designer was. That previously they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't reveal that name. Trivia time. The Atari Protos uh, review says that Taz, T-A-Z, was originally spelled Taz with two Zs. They call it a highly original game by Quandrum author Steve Volta. I don't know what Quandrum is. Oh, here's where I read that thing about the designer. Taz was the first game in which the programmer was actually credited. Atari had a long-standing policy of not letting the public know who who programmed its games, as they were afraid other companies would hire their programmers away, which happened anyway, as internal phone lists and talkative co-workers were also a thing. Steve Wolta said he was going to quit unless Atari, unless Atari gave him credit for his game, and luckily for Steve, the gamble paid off. Atari finally relented and started to put the programmer's name on the back of the box, starting with Taz. 
They give a little summary of how you play the game. The player needs to decide if they're going to stay in the center of the screen where they have more time to see and avoid the dynamite, or if they're going to take the risk of chasing down food items that are closer to the sides of the screen. Taz really is the ultimate Twitch game. It's also known for its famous Easter egg. Alright, spoiler here, I guess. If the player puts you puts in a special code, hit select 22 times before starting the game, the crazed wave will become the Wolta wave, named after the programmer. Okay. The manual also mentioned a mystery food, but didn't say anything about how to find it. While this isn't a true Easter egg, it's hard it's a hard secret to find. To see the mystery code to to see the mystery food. Alright, get ready. Here it is. Spoiler. The mystery food is a pie. The player needs to complete three full courses of food, which would happen around 527,500 points. Not only is this extremely difficult to do, without emulators that is, the player might not even notice the new food as they're simply concentrating and not dying at that point. Still, it's a little extra that made the game last longer than it should. Atari was worried that overseas players might not know who Taz was, since Looney Tunes were an American cartoon, so Taz was changed to Asterisk for European audiences. Asterix is a French cartoon character who is very popular over in Europe, and Atari felt that European players could identify with him better. The game is exactly the same, except for the graphics, which were changed to match the new cartoon license. The crazed wave was also changed to the Obelix wave, where you controlled Obelix for a while. Obelix was Asterix's pal, who eventually ended up getting an Atari game of his own. Because of this, Taz was only released in NTSC format. Woodbrain Wonderland in their Taz review notes that they had reviewed the game previously when it was Asterix. Same mechanics, same mechanics, same play field. In retrospect, I underrated Asterix by giving it a C+. Taz, Asterix, Asterix may be one-dimensional, but they are incredibly immersive in the way we used to describe a video game as immersive, like Kaboom. It moves so fast that you have no choice but to give it your full attention. It takes a mastery of the twitchy controls to grab the goodies while avoiding the explosives. Like Asterix, the Taz title screen features a pixely but detailed rendering of the titular character of the two games I prefer, according to Woodrain Wonderland, Taz, simply because Looney Tunes was a fixture of my typical North American youth and I get the overall aesthetic. However, either one will serve you equally well. Asterix is slightly inferior in the graphics department as it's sometimes hard to differentiate, differentiate the good items from those that will kill you. However, I'm eventually going to go back and give it a B while Taz gets a B+. The Tasmanian Devil... Taz, for short, appeared in five shorts before Warner Brothers' cartoon shut down in 1964. Marketing and television appearances later propelled the character to new popularity in the 1990s. Wow. Only five? That's amazing. He is so... I guess he was marketed really well, because I thought he was in a lot more than that. Uh, He first appeared in Devil May Hare, H-A-R-E, in 1954, created by Robert McKimson and Sid Marcus. He was voiced by first Mel Blanc, then Jeff Birdman, then Noel Blank, Maurice LaMarche, Kevin Scott, Kev- Greg Burson, Jim Cummings, D. Bradley Baker, Frank Welker, Ian James Cortlett, Brendan Fraser, hmm. John Aklaski, Aliski, wow, sorry, it's not John either, man, uh, again, I, I gotta lay off the margaritas before recording, Joe Alaski, Fred Tadascore, uh, from two, 2019 to the present. Taz's family, if you're curious. His father is Hugh, Tasmanian Devil. His mother is Jean, Tasmanian Devil. He has a sister named Molly, a brother named Jake, an uncle named Drew, a wife named Tasmanian She-Devil, and an unnamed wife, unnamed son, and Slam Tasmanian, uh, a descendant. 
Taz is Tasmanian. In case you were confused by that. Generally portrayed as a ferocious, albeit dim-witted, carnivore with a notoriously short temper and little patience. Reminds me of a certain president I know. Sorry, I couldn't resist. With a notoriously short temper and little patience, he got his name in the short, Ducking Devil. Though he can be very devious, he is also sweet at times. His enormous appetite seems to know no bounds. Best known for his speech consisting mostly of grunts, growls, and rasps. In his earlier appearances, he does not speak. He does speak English with primitive grammar as well as his ability to spin like a vortex and bite through nearly anything. His one weakness is he can be calmed by almost any music. While in this calm state, he can be easily dealt with. The only music known not to pacify Taz is the bagpipes, which he finds insufferable. In 1991, Taz starred in his own show, known as Tazmania, which ran for four seasons, in which Taz was the main protagonist and voiced by Jim Cummings. Robert McKimson based the character on the real-life Tasmanian devil, or more specifically, its carnivorous nature, voracious appetite, and surly disposition. Owen and Pemberton suggest the character of the Tasmanian Devil was inspired by Errol Flynn. Okay, I'm not sure I see that, but alright. The most noticeable resemblance between the Australian marsupial and McKimson's creation is their ravenous appetites crazed behavior. Okay, I think we've covered that. The bipedal Tasmanian Devil's appearance does not resemble its marsupial inspiration. It contains multi-layered references to other devils. He has horn-shaped tufts of fur on his head, and whirls about like a dust devil, similar to a tornado, which sounds like several motors whirring in unison. The game they were talking about this week was his first video game outing. He also returned to video games in Tasmania and its semi-sequel Taz and Escape from Mars. Both appeared on the Mega Drive, Genesis Master System, and Game Gear. There were other games for the SNES and Game Boy, PlayStation, etc., etc. He's been a chocolate bar, he's been used in NASCAR campaigns, Professional wrestler Peter Senersia uh, adopted Taz in the variant spelling T-A-Z-Z as his ring name. Uh, he's been in movies, a Geico commercial, on and on and on. Huh. In 1997, a newspaper report noted that Warner Brothers had trademarked the character and registered the name Tasmanian Devil and that this trademark was policed, including an eight-year legal battle to allow a Tasmanian company to call its fishing lure the Tasmanian Devil. Debate followed, and a delegation from the Tasmanian state government met with Warner Brothers. A verbal agreement was reached. An annual fee would be paid to Warner Brothers in return for the government of Tasmania being able to use the image of Taz for marketing purposes. The agreement later lapsed. Uh, there was more fighting. In 2006, after much lobbying from the Tasmanian government, Warner Brothers decided to assist the fight against extinction of the Tasmanian Devil due to devil facial tumor disease. Tasmanian Environment Minister Judy Jackson, prior to the agreement, had heavily criticized Warner Brothers, stating that the company had made millions of dollars from the character, but did not put up any money when other companies had. The deal with Warner Brothers allowed the Tasmanian government to manufacture and sell up to 5,000 special edition Taz plush toys, with all profit going toward funding scientific research into DFTD. The deal also aimed to increase public attention towards the threatening disease. Wow, I learned a ton of stuff today. Asterix, or The Adventures of Asterix, is a French or Belgian-French language comic series about Gaulish warriors who have adventures and fight the Roman Republic during the era of Julius Caesar. The protagonists, including the title character Asterix and his friend Obelix, have various adventures. The IX ending in both names, as well as all the other pseudo-Gaulish IX names in the series, alludes to the RIX suffix meaning king, present in the names of many real Gaulish chieftains, such as Vercin- 
Wow. Versendatorix and Orgatorix and Doomnorix. Wow. In many of the stories, they trail to foreign countries, though other tales are set in and around their village. It's one of the most popular Franco-Belgian comics in the world, with the series being translated into 111 languages and dialects. There have been 13 films made, nine of which were animated, four were live action, a number of games based on the comics, a theme park near Paris. Well, I've never heard of this. If anyone is familiar with Asterix and Obelix, let me know. I'm having trouble from this description figuring out, other than it's hugely popular in Europe, why Atari thought, Okay, we can't use Taz. And I would question whether they could use Taz or not. I think they probably still could have done it. Would make them think, okay, then I want this character from this comic about you know ancient Gaulish, this Franco-Belgian language comic about ancient warriors from uh, you know this this comic strip about Gaulish warriors who have adventures during the Roman Republic. Struggling to see how that translates, but all right. So if anyone's played the Asterix version, uh, let me know what you think. Tasmania, abbreviated as TAS, T-A-S, and nicknamed Tassie, is an island state of Australia. Located 240 kilometers, or 150 miles, to the south of the Australian mainland, separated by the Bass Strait. It encompasses the main island of Tasmania, the 26th largest island in the world, and the surrounding 334 islands. Wow. Has a population of about 540,000 people as of March 2020. The state capital and largest city is Hobart with around 40% of the population living in the greater Hobart area. It was established as Van Diemen's Island, uh, Van Diemen's Land in 1825. Responsible government as a colony of Tasmania in 1856. It became a federation on the 1st of January 1901. Hobart is both the capital city and largest city, is a constitutional monarchy. It's believed to have been occupied by indigenous peoples for 30,000 years before British colonization. It is thought Aboriginal Tasmanians were separated from the mainland Aboriginal groups about 11,700 years ago after the sea rose to form Bass Strait. We're going to end this segment on a down note by pointing out that the Aboriginal population is estimated to have been between 3,000 and 7,000 at the time of colonization, but was almost wiped out within 30 years by a combination of violent guerrilla conflict with settlers known as the Black War, intertribal conflict, and from the late 1820s, the spread of infectious disease, to which they had no immunity. The island was permanently settled by Europeans in 1803 as a penal settlement of the British Empire to prevent claims to the land by the First French Empire during the Napoleonic Wars. I guess to bring that back around to something hopeful, they did eventually become a self-governing colony and pass their own constitution in 1854. So I guess that's good. Yeah, so, you know, colonization, not such a great thing. Well, that's a lovely way to end this segment. But hey, Looney Tunes, right? Looney Tunes are fun. So... I have no transition here. After the break, we're heading for a devilishly fun whirlwind of adventure on a small island off the coast of Australia. Don't know what you suckers are going to do for the rest of the show. See ya! So I'm going to spare you my Tasmanian Devil impression. I don't think any of you needs to be subjected to that. A little bad news here, the stomach pump referenced in the manual will not appear in this field report. But you know what? Maybe we'll do a bonus episode later today featuring a stomach pump. That'll be nice. For right now though, we'll just play the game. Here, you might get a gratuitous shot of my head. Many apologies for that. 
Oh, okay, my cameraman tells me uh, you were spared. So that's good. Alright. Uh, first impressions. This is basically turmoil with a Tasmanian devil and food. That's a little loud. I just realized I hope you can hear me okay. Uh, dynamite, birders. I'm playing on the beginner level. Though you're going to see that I don't do great anyway. Because uh, my reaction time today is terrible. Too many uh, pre-show margaritas, I guess. I'm a little sad that the devil only appears as the tornado. I kind of wish there was a feature where he appeared on screen as, you know, as he looks, and then you could, you know, when something happens, he turns into the, uh, you know, sp spiraling vortex kind of thing, but that's all right. The birders, of course, look good. Uh, the dynamite looks like dynamite. Cartoon dynamite, I guess. Um, this game, even on the beginner level, is actually tougher than I would have expected. There's a lot of dynamite. As you can see, I've already lost two people, because I'm trying to talk and play this game. There we go. You know what? I'm going to try that again. There he is. That's what he looks like. Alright. So yeah, I get 50 burgers before I get to the root beer. If I make it to the root beer, you're going to discover that even though it doesn't look like dynamite, if you just look at it out of the corner of your eye, it does kind of look like dynamite. Be aware of that. Hopefully you get this. It looks like a gas canister. The, uh, the dynamite does? Yeah. And there's a lot of it. Even at the beginner level. But yeah. I don't know what the game mechanic is that created Turmoil, or where that originated, if it originated with Turmoil, but this game is basically Turmoil, uh, to my mind anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good. Uh, it's really addictive. I played this a bunch. I haven't gotten any better, but I played it a bunch before I recorded today. Uh, just because it's really easy to pick up and just start playing. And there's some root beer. See, it doesn't look like dynamite, but if you're just glancing at it, it kind of does. Uh, shoot. See, my reaction time today, not so great. stuffed now. Henry, break out the stomach pump. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in.
Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Taz. I've already pretty much said, I like this game a lot. It's incredibly simple, but it looks really good. Uh, it's really addictive uh, in, the, in the best way that simple games are. You can just pick it up and start playing, and you just want to keep playing. Because it moves fast, and it's challenging, but there's not a whole lot you need to know to play it. You just do it and have fun. I like this one a lot. It's a game that I'm sure I will pick up from time to time if I just want to take, you know, a couple of minutes to play some Atari. This is a good game for that. So, well done, Atari. And good on you for, you know, actually disclosing who your programmer was. It's story time on Atari Bytes. Yes, it's story Story, story, story time with Bill. This week's story comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner, and it's titled, I'm so full. I'm so full. Stuffed to the gills with COVID cookies. Can't go out candy. I need a salad, but the world is icky. I'm so full. Why do we think sourdough was a good choice? Or curbside burritos? Plans to get in shape were just white noise. I'm so full. The election is over, but not really over. Whining and grandstanding undermine the system. Such a bad move to disrespect the voter. I'm so full. Trump screams, stop counting. Everyone else screams, keep counting. That burbling sound is blood pressure mounting. I'm so full. Trump not all wrong, it is COVID, 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 but unlike movies or books or creepy dark rooms, this is a real fright. Don't discount the dead. I'm so full. Stupid fights over masks, screams of socialism by those who've never cracked a book. Next bear to poke? Afraid to ask. I'm so full. If you voted, that vote counts. When children get mad at board games, they quit. No presidential maturity, not even an ounce. I'm so full. Social media breaks to recharge. MySpace was never like this. I got mail, AOL? Living large. I'm so full. So much to do, so much to see. Brains so tired, feet are too. Compulsively suck in all that's before me. Come on, 2021. Unless you're going to suck worse. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. 
Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Thanks to at MTARP for the What Game is Henry Playing While We Podcast About a Different Game theme, which you still haven't heard. Channel some of that Taz fervor into a five-star Apple Podcast review. Watch out for Dynamite. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can still call us. We're not going to answer the phone, ever. But you can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978. Where we're waiting to hear from you about pretty much anything you want. And we'll probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www. .carnivalofgleecreations.com There is information, show notes, social media about Atari Bytes, about my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, about books that I've written, and links to some places that you can order those books. All sorts of stuff. There's a, a, even a page with other things that I've done that you might be interested in. Yeah, check it out. See what you think. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a, uh, by becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. What do you get for your subscription? Uh, well, you get my thanks, first of all, but you also could get episodes early. At the two bucks per month level, that's all it takes, you can get the episodes as soon as they're ready, uh, without having to wait until Sunday like the common people. Um, at the three dollar level, you can get bonus stuff, um, including every single episode, uh, a video, a, a truly awful, shaky recording uh, video recording of the field report that you hear on the episode. Uh, so you can actually see what I see when I'm playing the game. And then there's other stuff that we do from time to time that we don't really talk about on the regular episodes, but we do put up on the Patreon that you can get access to at the $3 level. We never mentioned the $4 level, but there is one. You get all that other stuff, plus you can help program the show. Pick out a game, you know, some games for me to, to play, and if I can find them, I'll play them on the show and make up a story about them. So... All things to keep in mind, uh, all good reasons to subscribe on the Patreon, uh, but the best reason, of course, is because the current patrons need someone mature to keep an eye on them. Big thanks to Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, Aerospike, M. West, and Jim Goble for being those patrons, but yeah, you you folks really need to be monitored. So, someone go over there and subscribe to uh, keep them in line. Alright, we are just about out of here. Uh, all that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. We're playing a game called Infiltrate. I picked up this cartridge somewhere recently. I'd never heard of this game before. Uh, I still have no idea what it is. Other than I assume it involves infiltrating something. I hope it's not painful. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.